0: Welcome to the Psychotherapy Central Podcast, where we discuss love, attachment, and healing from trauma. A place where you can gain the knowledge, tools, and wisdom to help you build secure, flourishing relationships. I'm your host, clinical psychotherapist and couples therapist, Jennifer Nurick. Welcome, thank you for joining me on this episode. Five tips for choosing a therapist. I really appreciate you being here and taking the time to join me. So choosing a therapist can be super confusing and a bit scary. There are so many different modalities, different levels of certification, whether to see someone in person, online, and most of you are not experts in the therapy field and it can feel like learning another language as you start to navigate it. I also want to acknowledge that this part of the journey can be a block for some people. We often have parts that really want to go to therapy and parts that are terrified and and rightly so. Maybe they don't know what to expect. Maybe they're holding a lot of pain and trauma and they're worried about, what it will be like for those parts to be witnessed by another human being. So it can be very scary for the terrified and scared parts. I really wanna acknowledge that as we discuss this topic. So there might be a part that wants to go to therapy that's busy looking under the hashtag therapy, um, that does self-help courses, um, and researchers, therapists in the area, in the local area. And then there might be these terrified parts that stop you from booking an appointment. Or you book the appointment with these parts and then the day before, this part blocks it and stops. And it's actually much more common than you would think. So if you recognize that behavior and you think, oh yeah, I've done that, Jen, just know that you're not alone, okay? Definitely not alone. The next thing I really want to acknowledge is the stigma of therapy that I think is alive and well. Um, Sadly, therapy, going to therapy, is not as common in Australia in the UK as it is in the States. And you might be wondering, what does it mean about me if I go to therapy? Maybe you're the first person in your family to go to therapy. I know what that's like. I was definitely the first person in my family to ever go to therapy. The way that I grew up, therapy was for rich people, definitely was not for people like us. I think that I I don't think I even knew what therapy was until I was an adult. And I thought it, I, I think really, I thought it was for very unwell people, for people who were at breaking point. I didn't really realize the range of support that can come from the therapeutic relationship. So whatever your history is with therapy, I am so glad that you're here and thinking about how to choose a therapist. So let's jump in to five tips for choosing a therapist. Tip one is, what are your goals? So take some time, maybe do a bit of journaling around, what is it that I feel that I'm working with? What behaviours are showing up that I'd like to shift? What would I like to change? It could be childhood trauma. It could be there's been a pattern of neglect and I have no idea how to fix that or change that. It could be that there's alcohol addiction that's the biggest thing that's really challenging you right now. It could be OCD that's showing up or depression or that you're really struggling in your intimate relationship and you can't really figure out what's going on, but it's causing you a lot of deep pain. All of those and so much more are absolutely valid reasons to go to therapy. And therapy doesn't have to be a a long process. Sometimes, I know for myself, I've gone for certain kinds of therapy to work with certain things for quite a limited time. And then other types of therapy I've done on more of an ongoing process. So um, what are your goals? Um, Then to get clear about who specializes in what you're working with. That can be very helpful in tip one. What's my goal? And who specializes in what it is that I'm working with? Because usually they have... They know a lot of the research around what it is you're working with and usually have trained in modalities that have been shown to really um, tackle those issues head on. So tip one, what's my goal? Tip two, do you have any special preferences? So special preferences about your therapist. So you might have a preference for age Um, I've met some, I have some friends who've been for therapy with people who are younger than them and said, Jen, I just couldn't do therapy with someone younger than me. I felt like I needed to be with somebody who was older. Um, that's not an issue for me personally, but I do know that it, it comes up for people. Um, gender is another thing. If, um, if perhaps you've had a long history of abuse, um, with a particular gender, you might not want to work with that gender of, of therapist. And interesting, interestingly, some people will choose to work with that particular gender of therapist in order to try and heal some of the things that have happened with that particular gender. Also, something to think about is cultural and economic background. And again, we're so lucky in in many countries we have therapists from a broad spectrum of cultural backgrounds and socioeconomic backgrounds so there's just some things that sometimes you know finding a therapist who comes from the same cultural background as you can be very helpful to know the challenges that you're dealing with in your family of origin and in your community I've also met people who said to me, Jen, I've chosen you because you're not in my community and I need to speak to somebody outside of my community and get support there. So again, it's just kind of what what do you feel you need to be supported? And that's really the, the energy of it is if I'm going to be supported, what, what kind of qualities am I looking for? Um, so something I always add to my list is a, sense of warmth, and a sense of um, kindness and empathy. Um, I guess it's a, hopefully a, a 101 for, for therapists. But here I'll just give you a little example around special preferences. When my father passed away, my father was 91 years old. And for a few months after his passing, I worked with a, someone who specialized in grief therapy. And I chose um, he was a a, a white male with white hair and looked kind of like in some ways reminded me of my father. But what happened in that space was that the therapist, maybe because he'd been pulled into therapy and, and he had a natural empathic resonance and he had a lot of Buddhist training, a very gentle soul was really able to heal me hear me, heal me, Freudian slip there, heal me, hear me, maybe both. Really able to deeply hear me and empathize with me in a way that my father had struggled to do when he was alive. So there was something about sitting with this older white, white white-haired male who reminded me a bit of my father, but was able to be with me in a very different way. And that was, for me, a corrective experience. So in therapy talk, we call that a corrective experience. I hadn't experienced sitting in intimate, vulnerable conversation with somebody who reminded me of my father. There were moments with my biological father, but not not anything like I experienced with this therapist. So it was very healing for me. Something else to add into this tip is, do you want to work online or in person? You might know straight away, oh, definitely in person. Um, And and I will just add this around the in-person piece. There is definitely something wonderful about sitting face-to-face and feeling the whole presence of another human being. That's very powerful, especially when we're in a lot of vulnerability. And for myself, I find that working that that receiving therapy online for me is very similar to being in person. And even before COVID, I'd seen my person, my my therapist in person a number of times, and then after that, we started seeing each other online even before COVID. So that was our routine. We saw each other online. I found with online for me there was a big convenience part. It would take an hour to get there, an hour there, an hour to get home, so it was a three-hour commitment. Whereas um, telehealth was is, an, is a sixty-minute commitment. Again, it's a personal preference, and I just invite you to choose whatever suits you. So, tip two: special preferences. Tip three: which psychotherapy modality do you prefer? So it's me. Miss- How do you want to work? Now, you might have a bit of an idea about this or you might have no idea at all. And there is some research that suggests it's less about the modality used and much more about the quality of the therapeutic relationship. So choosing the right person, the right fit for you, is more important than the modality. Having said that, Psychotherapy modalities vary greatly, and there is a big difference between CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, and somatic psychotherapy, for example. Cognitive behavioral therapy is very much around working with the mind and is quite rational, and somatic psychotherapy is much more working with the body, working with the unconscious. One of the great things about the internet is that you can jump online, do a bit of internet research and just to help you find what modalities might be helpful to move towards the goals that you outlined in tip one. You might also email a few therapists and let them know what you're working with and, and maybe ask them, how would you work with this? Is it something that you work with? Have you worked with this before? And tip four, meet and greet. So interview a few therapists. You might read their website. Um, You might get a sense for their style of working. Some therapists have videos where you can kind of get a sense of their presence You can absolutely book your first appointment and kind of use it to get a feel for the therapist, get a feel if they're a good fit for you. There is absolutely, I mean, usually there's no obligation to book in for another session. Um, I would kind of bracket here that in the first session, it can be quite hard to get a real sense of what the therapy is going to be like. And I would maybe recommend doing two or three just to get a, a because let me pause here, it's about dropping in and it can take us a while to feel safe with somebody. And so sometimes it'll take two or three sessions to create a feeling of safety. And that's sort of a basic level of safety because throughout the therapeutic process, you'll find that there's little elements of, oh, am I safe again? Oh, am I safe again? And that will naturally pop up as we become more and more vulnerable in the therapeutic process. So take your time, be willing to shop around and be willing to ask questions and meet and greet and know that you can absolutely ask questions of a potential therapist and many therapists will answer you by email or you can do it in that first session. So tip five is get a recommendation. And I have to say that this is usually my go-to. I usually see people who've been recommended to me But I'm also aware that some of you might not have access to this network at all. And I I think about myself at age 20, I don't think I knew anybody who had ever seen a psychotherapist. I don't think I even knew what a psychotherapist was. I would have had no idea how to go about it. So I'm just going to speak to you for a moment. You know, maybe, you know, a friend who's in therapy, who's having some breakthroughs um, and you might ask them who they're seeing. You might contact their therapist, ask if they have any recommendations Often therapists will have a referral network through supervision. So like I know I have a referral network because so that um, I can refer friends and family of my clients to other therapists who I know do great work. So for those of you who are thinking, Jen, I don't have a friend who is doing therapy, um, how else can you do that? You can jump online. The Internet is a fabulous resource. And then it might be a matter of trial and error, trying a couple and just seeing where there feels like there's a resonance where you feel comfortable. So in conclusion, going to therapy might be one of the biggest gifts you ever give yourself. I know some people who've been seeing the same therapist for over 30 years. It has the potential to be a huge support in your life. And that is especially helpful if the relationship with your family of origin is strained. You know, it's okay to need support and to pay for that support. And just because we're paid doesn't mean that, well, we don't really care or we're being paid to care. You know, I often find myself on the weekends or while I'm kind of cooking or in the shower, thinking about different clients and some of their stories and often feel my heart expanding just with the thought of them. And being cared about and being deeply heard and witnessed is such an important part of being human. And you deserve to be cared about. And know that the experience of being cared about Carries over into other relationships. We start to get the feeling of, ah, oh, this is what it feels like for someone to actually care about me, for somebody to be thinking about me. And some of you have had that experience, and some of you have really not. So it's okay to learn what that feels like in therapy. It's a space where you will have some missing experiences, and one of those missing experiences might be being genuinely cared about. So, we've covered a lot of ground in this episode. We've covered what might stop you from doing therapy. Tip one, what are your goals? Tip two, what are your special preferences? Tip three, which psychotherapy modality do you prefer? Tip four, meet and greet, check a few people out. Tip five, get a recommendation if you can. And the next thing was to allow missing experiences to happen in therapy that that flow out, that will flow out into your other relationships and that helps with rewiring the template that you have of yourself and others can be a life-changing experience and it's been one of the most powerful experiences that I've had in my life in a thousand different moments that have shifted how I see myself, how I see the world and through that process also answering a lot of kind of existential questions that I had a lot as a child. I remember very early on having some very big existential questions that I wasn't even aware of other people having. I don't think anybody else around me was having those same thoughts and questions. And therapy has provided a space for me to really hold the complexity of what it is to be a human being of what it is for me to be human, a human being. What does that mean to me? And to really look at the big questions. Why, why am I here? How do I hold my own pain? How do I be in relationship with my pain? How do I not lash out when I'm angry? How do I work with that part of me? It's a journey journey. It's a journey and I think it is really the quintessential hero's journey. Yeah, it's a it's a journey of healing and of reconnection and in a way of coming home. So taking time to choose your therapist, it's it's big and yeah, I really um my wish for you is that you find someone with whom there is a deep resonance and I, I kind of want to say like a soul connection that you have almost like this soul connection where There is this resonance with one another and a resonance of care, of support, and of genuine warmth. And I kind of need to even stretch out to affection, without crossing any sort of professional boundaries, like there can be a genuine affection in that relationship that's very supportive. And again, I'll say especially when that support doesn't come from family of origin. So if you have any questions about anything you've heard today or anything to do with love, attachment and healing trauma, please DM me through Instagram on psychotherapy.central. And if you like what you heard today, it really helps me out. If you give me a five-star review and take the time to just write a bit of a review, that would be awesome. Liking, subscribing, sharing, all that stuff. Um, The show notes for today will be available on my website, psychotherapycentral.health, where you'll also find a suite of courses and other offerings. And you can book in for one-on-one appointments through my website. So wherever you are, I hope you have a wonderful day and move forward with confidence with finding the perfect therapist for you for now. Thank you for joining me on this episode. If you want to learn more about all things love, attachment and trauma, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at psychotherapy.central or visit my website at psychotherapycentral.health. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. Your support means a lot and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.